lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Greetings. Happy Friday. Thanks for tuning in here today, live and on demand on Blaze TV radio podcast. Steve Dace here with Todders and Aaron McIntyre, our good friend. Rob Eno is here with us. He'll be joining us here momentarily for the Dace Group. 888-900-3393 is the number here to the Blaze. 888-900-3393. Steve at SteveDace.com. That's how you can email the program. D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Over at Parlor at Steve Dace. And then YouTube.com slash Steve Dace is our brand new YouTube channel, which we will continue to describe as brand new until we think there is an acceptable and not embarrassing number of subscribers to it. We're just going to continue branding it as new. All right. Yeah. Um, we're on day 150 of 15 days to 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 get you to subscribe to our YouTube channel, right? Mm-hmm. Just keep two more weeks. In two more weeks, it won't be brand new anymore, we hope. That's we, actually we a think. solid growth strategy from what I can uh, tell. Exponential growth, in fact, from what I can tell. Too many unknowns, too many variables, of course, here on the show that is more in favor of herd immunity than the herd mentality, indeed. Before we get into today's show, I want to mention this because the deadline is coming up right soon. All right. August 22nd. If you've got a college aged uh, or about to become a college aged student in your home and you're thinking about what your options are going to be for next year, or maybe you are that soon to be college aged student, write down this date, August 22nd. That is the deadline to register uh, for or. No, that is the actual uh, college entrance exam. My bad. So you got to register before that. That is the actual college entrance exam for the classic learning test. What is the classic learning test? Well, if you don't want to give your money to the left-wing uh, groups called ACT and SAT, there is an alternative, um, and it is called the CLT. It is shorter than the SAT and the ACT, and you take it uh, from the comfort of your own home with remote proctoring technology, and you also can get accredited up to, what is it, 200 schools nationwide are taking the CLT into account with your college application. So again, the next entrance exam is August the 22nd. Don't delay. Go to cltexam.com and register right now at cltexam.com. Coming up next hour, we will get into some of your feedback on a Feedback Friday. But before we do all of that, this time for the day Group. Are we good? Yeah, I, I turned your microphone off because you were coughing. Okay, so, okay, yeah. gotcha. Okay, right. Do we have another what, derecho? What, what's the frequency, Kenneth? Okay. Uh, brought to you by Rough Greens Vita Smart. You know why we take so many supplements these days as human beings? Because all the good stuff that we really need from our food has been taken out for mass production and consumption for that longer shelf life. That's why we've made the supplement industry one of the most lucrative on the planet because our food's often missing the vitamins, nutrients, minerals, prebiotics, and probiotics. You know, we have so many food allergies today. That could be part of the reason why. Uh, also, uh, the omega oils, those things we need are gone. So we're taking them 
supplementally, right? Well, same thing goes for our pet's food. A lot of the pet food your dog loves the most also has had the good stuff taken out. And Rough Greens, that's where they come in because they want to put that good stuff right back in. They are not a dog food, but a premium dog food supplement comes in a powder form. You just pour it on top of your dog's food that it already loves. And apparently it makes your dog's food taste even better. I can't verify that myself, but our dog Cap if he were here, I could do a live demonstration. He loves this stuff. Uh, plus, it puts all the good stuff back in your dog's food as well. And right now, they want to offer you the 14-day jumpstart bag for just $14.95. See if you see the difference in your pet in, in just a couple of weeks or less. Just go to roughgreens.com slash blaze, R-U-F-F, for roughgreens.com slash blaze. It's our weekly look at the week that was, and it begins with issue one. Bleep, Democrats say. You know, when you see um, entire media companies essentially exist to tear down Joe Biden, is there an equivalent to that on the left tearing down Trump? Uh, There really isn't. So let's institute a mask mandate nationwide. Overwhelming evidence that the mask, and depending on the type of mask you wear, increases exponentially the prospect that you... If you are a carrier and you don't even know it, that you will not infect anyone when you cough, sneeze. The county has a rule, no more than 10 can get together. Whether it's in your house, whether it's out here in a park, wherever it is. And by God, that is now the law. And therefore, the county sheriff should be here arresting people who aren't wearing masks, who aren't distancing. This is the worst virus in the history of medicine. I would just say to everybody, with all due respect to the Monday morning quarterbacking and color commentary, checking in now again on a pandemic, this is war. Morning, noon, and night, and it is crystal clear what our directives were as it relates to long-term care and COVID-19 positives, and whether it's Governor Christie or anybody other smart aleck who's, who says it was one thing when it was another, give us a break. It didn't have to be this way. Six years ago, in fact, we had a different health crisis. It was called Ebola. And we all remember that pandemic. But you know what happened then? Barack Obama and Joe Biden did their job. Only two people in the United States died. Kamala Harris comes from the middle of the road, moderate wing of the Democratic uh, Party. Today, I'm calling for the abolishment of history classes in Illinois. We're concerned that current school history teachings lead to white privilege. If somebody decides to loot a Gucci, or a Macy's or a Nike because that makes sure that that person eats. That makes sure that that person has clothes. That's reparations. That is reparations. Anything they want to take, take it because these businesses have insurance. They're going to get their money back. My people aren't getting anything. Yes, of course we have our challenges, but the thing that the federal government is uniquely qualified to do is things like pass common sense gun reform. I think I have a right to define what it means to be a conservative. All right, let's get to it. First question, your favorite crazy pill that you swallowed this week was what? Robino, as our guest, you get to go first this week. Go ahead, brother. Um, from the videos, I think Brian Stelter, not having the self-awareness to realize that he is that for the Biden campaign. But um, out of those videos, it's just 
every time I come on here and you show these videos, my jaw just drops. I, I didn't remember the two people died from Ebola in the United States. I do remember Barack Obama flying people in from Africa that had Ebola and that there was no Ebola transmission in the United States. I remember that. Um, but I don't remember these. Do you remember days. the 60 million H1N1 cases we had under Barack Obama and then they stopped testing when we hit 60 million because they didn't want to panic? Yeah. Do you remember that? No, yeah. yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah it, it's, it's absolutely. And I, I'm actually glad. I'm glad that Joe Biden admitted that, you know, not all masks work. Um, something I've been saying for the past five months and been getting destroyed by my family and friends and have lost friends over it because, you know, a cloth mask that you can see through pretty much the virus can go through like, you know, from 2001, a space odyssey, the guy doing the spacewalk through the big tube. But yeah, no, it's just, I think my favorite one was Brian Stelter. Um, I think my second, if, if you can call them favorites was Kamala Harris saying that Barack Obama got the Ebola crisis under control when the only reason that we had Ebola patients in the United States is because Barack Obama flew them in for the CDC. So th those were the, the two that were crazy for me. Todd? Well, mine is also stealthier, but not because it's a lack of self-awareness. It's the opposite. They just... They all look, and it, and it goes right down the line with everybody, with the politicians, with the medical professionals. They just all realize, we, we can just lie openly now. We can just gaslight whenever we <laughs> yeah. want. Yeah. That, it, yeah, that pause. That, it, yeah. it is remarkable. And obviously, he's a little bit further ahead than the rest of his panel there, because yes, the pause is hilarious. They, they, they just need to, okay, uh, am, I, am I totally all in? Am I... It, Listen, I've been doing this for a while now with this progressivism is cancer thing. I mean, it is it is right as rain. It is it is gospel truth. It is stone tablet stuff. This stuff rots your mind in the most remarkable of ways. And we ain't we ain't done yet because there's there's look at look at what we just canceled with football. We are hooked up to the fire hose and drinking and drinking and drinking. Aaron? So we talk about, when it pertains to the media, this Overton window of what gets to be talked about in polite company and what absolutely does not get to be talked about. And, it, you know, contrary to just your, your instinct, the Overton window's power is not about what gets to be talked about and what narrative gets to be pushed. It's what doesn't get to be talked about. And so... I was thinking about doing and, and completely blowing up bleep Democrats say this week and doing something completely different, but I, I decided I'd, I'd do some, I, I'd just say it now. What was not said by the left this week, what they did not have time to talk about in between grasping at straws to prove that ma masks work, pushing for a nationwide mask mandate, that city councilor in there telling the sheriff that he needs to arrest people who aren't wearing masks all of that junk. What was not, what did not have time to be said was anything related to the execution of Cameron Hinnant. I mean, that's gone viral just within social media or just within conservative social media circles. But have you seen a single mainstream media, single lefty on Twitter? Do we count TMZ? TMZ, did they Would say be anything the one. about TMZ that? has. Yeah. But I, as far as individuals... You know, that's the first that's the first national outlet that I've heard of. And mm -hmm. this story is well over a week old. That five year old who was executed right in front of his sisters 
by a black man. Now, if the roles were reversed here, it'd be the only story. It'd be in the, the only story in this country. Yeah. Uh, fire up the uh, fire up the, the the jukebox again. We're going to go march out in the streets and loot and riot again. It, people are looting and rioting still from George Floyd in loving memory. Um, but that's the only thing that the, the power that they have is day seventy three to flatten Portland. Yeah, about yeah. and that's that's uh, that's my uh, least favorite ride on the crazy t- train this week. Those are all really good. How about masks aren't political? But the day after we formalized one major party's presidential ticket, we're going to politicize masks. How about that? Kind of like that. That that just goes to what you were just talking about. And everybody thinks now, and and let's practice some self-awareness on our own. The guy in the White House is, shall we say, at times... Um, Cavalier. Is that fair? Cavalier with accuracy. He's been known to be a little cavalier with that at times. Is that fair? <laughs> and so now everybody just kind of just thinks, hey, man, put another shrimp on the barbie. Nobody has to tell the damn truth about anything in this era. Right? Oh, that, that's that's if, if you throw if you if listen, if you put the Wonder Woman lasso of truth around the Brian Stelters of the world, that's yeah. how in their heart of hearts, that's how they would justify. It, right? Yeah. So let's not let let's let's not condemn them of a lack of self awareness and not practice any ourselves. The 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 guy that for the most for most of the country represents people like us has been known to be cavalier with accuracy and honesty, right? Of course. And so now everybody kind of thinks that they just have permission to just well, let the freak flag fly, they, just lie with it, turn it up now. to eleven, yeah. absolutely. And yeah. and and uh, the uh, Harris uh, Biden ticket is doing it, you know, multiple weeks now after the Scott Atlases of all of Europe have come out with studies and said, this doesn't work, the masks. They don't work. It doesn't matter Hawaii, anymore. Hawaii, Hawaii is 2000. Not 2000. Work, some of them are worse. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, cl- the, the Duke study, the Duke, the Duke study on gators the gators. Are, yep. Yeah. The, w- ironically, the one mask that we know for sure will stop the virus from coming into you are those N95 respirators, and they're ne- like Minnesota's banned them. Now they're telling you not to wear them because the ventilation uh, part of the of those of a certain part of that brand of a mask lets it still pass transmit it to other people. So the one mask you know will stop you from getting it. You can't wear it because it still may cause you to give it to somebody else. My favorite didn't make your montage though my favorite whole moment was earlier this week duke university's dr cameron wolf he's like their infectious infectious disease expert one of the top medical schools in the country he's advising the acc on walking through steps to play college football this fall and and he did interviews in sports business journal espn talking about how he thinks they can absolutely make it safe to play okay and and duke university very proud of one of their faculty members Uh, taking the lead on this, sends out a tweet congratulating him and has David Cutcliffe, their football coach, in in the tweet. And there's a picture of him wearing one of the very gator (laughs) masks that their own (laughs) university, this study came from Duke, guys, their own university says aren't safe to wear. Okay? That, to me, for the 700th time, is this entire year in a nutshell again.
Exit question on but a scale. But they have to do something. Yes. Well, we have All to right. do something. And it will save one life. Yes. Okay. Exit question on a scale of one to 10, with one being the odds Joe Biden remembers selecting Kamala Harris as his running mate, and 10 being the odds Joe Biden would fail a cognitive test. Rank this week's level of total depravity, Aaron. I'm going with an eight and a half. I agree. It did seem a little tamer. I mean, don't get me on. I thought it was nuts as hell. But I, I mean, I, I thought it was a little tamer. What do you think? Don't Todd? fall for that. It's a ten. <laughs> All right, don't. Rob, go ahead quickly. I was going to give you a five because I think I just expect more. You expect more. This is more. Yeah. The American left. It just like the SEC. It just means more. All right, exactly. All right. Issue two: Trump versus Kamala. Joe Biden formally introduced Kamala Harris as his running mate in his campaign for president, and the duo hit Trump on his once strength as president, the economy. He inherited the longest economic expansion in history from Barack Obama and Joe Biden. And then, like everything else he inherited, he ran it straight into the ground. We have an economic crisis with more than 16 million Americans 16 million still out of work, on track to leave office with the worst jobs record of any American president in modern history. Aside from that, the pair talked about the virus and made this announcement. So let's institute a mask mandate nationwide. Overwhelming evidence that the mask, and depending on the type of mask you wear, increases exponentially the prospect that you If you are a carrier and you don't even know it, that you will not infect anyone when you cough, sneeze. It didn't have to be this way. Six years ago, in fact, we had a different health crisis. It was called Ebola. And we all remember that pandemic. But you know what happened then? Barack Obama and Joe Biden did their job. Only two people in the United States died. Two. That is what's called leadership. Got an email from somebody this week who said, you guys remember last year when for like a week after Kamala Harris knifed Joe Biden on national TV, you guys were like, you know, maybe she's the shameless train killer they've been trying to find. Maybe she's going to end up being their nominee. We had that take for like a week, right? And that's been the one thing on our show that we have memory hold. That's our Sweden. We like, we never officially had that take. We have memory hold it. Okay, that, that, oh, we, have a, we have a one-story memory hole, and it was like the one week that we thought Kamala Harris was going to be their nominee. And this guy emailed me and said, dude, this year is so, is so screwed up that even your yeah. worst take of the year ended up actually being right because she's essentially their de facto nominee. And if you look at the messaging from the Republican Party and the Trump campaign, now some of this, of course, is to troll and to further diminish Biden. And to, that plays into the messaging that he's just not uh, competent to be president. But she is being treated as the face of the Democratic Party this week in a way from the people on the other side. I've, I don't recall a vice presidential nominee in the past. So is this really, for lack of a, for, for all intents and purposes, is it really a Trump versus Kamala race now talk? What do you think? And if so, or if not, what does that mean? It is for at least a few weeks. There's way too much uncertainty about everything for to know whether that's going to last. How Trump chooses to engage, if if Pence decides to exit stage left and a woman is uh, nominated, but just the, the, uh, the Joker, the Joker movie now, 
with this national mask mandate I, I just keep I'm thinking about the end of that movie when everybody's running around the streets dressed like clowns mm-hmm. and doesn't it, doesn't his character what, what's his name Steve forgive me his I, I don't remember the but name the actual uh, yeah. oh it's Arthur uh, Arthur yes Arthur uh, is it Fleck Arthur Fleck thank but you did, he's, at some point he says is it just me or is everybody going a little bit crazy yeah see that's uh, that is so prevalent in everything and the news cycle that to simply now well it's just kamala versus or which one is right i don't know sorry uh kamala versus trump now beyond the next two weeks no one can possibly say that for certain hawaii has had an indoor mask mandate since april the 24th it's two thousand miles away from from civilization it's literally an island if you go on a globe. It's, an, it's a group of islands in the middle of absolutely nowhere. Yeah. 2,000 miles away from any, th- any other civilization. Uh, it's had an indoor mask mandate since April 24th. You have not been able to tra- travel there without a 14-day quarantine for months. I believe they've arrested over 50 people who tried to travel there. And, and a month ago, they initiated now an outdoor mask mandate in Hawaii. They have seen an over 700% increase in their cases. Yet two days after she's announced they plant that flag, and there's Brian Stelter sitting like the Joker in jail, <laughs> clapping. <laughs> yeah! Gaslight away! All right, Rob, what do you think? Is it essentially now Trump versus Kamala, or is Todd right? This is just kind of a temporary thing for the next couple of weeks. I think it's a temporary thing for the next couple of weeks, and we'll see who the real nominee is. I guess the, the convention's next week, so they'll actually have a nominee by the end of next week. But um, I, I just want to talk about the the way that the media goes after things that Trump says, because I heard a bunch of things in that, like in the selective clips that you guys picked. Uh, Joe Biden did this past week. Donald Trump said that the Spanish flu might have been something that ended World War Two. He meant World War One. World War Two came out of his mouth. It was a malaprop. It was a mistake. The entire media industrial complex went nuts. People like Brian Stelter and CNN had panels on it. They went nuts. You know, like no one in our audience would have known this if you had not just told them that. You realize that, right? Right. Thank you. Okay. I'm just letting you know. Yeah. But Joe Biden says expeditiously instead of exponentially. Nobody catches up on it. Kamala Harris says that two people in the United States died from Ebola in 2014. Now, I didn't remember that that happened, so I looked up in the middle of us doing this. Nobody died in the United States in 2014 from Ebola. Two people had it, and those two people, like I said earlier, were flown to the United States to be treated by the Barack Obama administration and the CDC. There's no, I, I look, there's no politifact check. There's, there's none of that. She's just able to say that with impunity, and the media doesn't attack her. If the media treated Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and the left like they treat Republicans with their stupid fact checks or their fact opinions, it would be a completely different world. And it's just, sorry to go off on the rant, but those two things just stuck in my craw because of the way that the media has been acting against Donald Trump for for mostly malaprops. I mean, Donald Trump, you you said earlier that that, uh, Brian Stelter thinks that he can get away with lying more because of Donald Trump. I would argue that the media has known they can get away with lying for decades and that Donald Trump is more a manifestation of putting it back in their face than anything else. And I think that the, the oh, we base, would, we, well, I didn't put yeah. the lasso of truth around you. Okay. I put it around him. 
Uh-oh. He's not going to he's not going to acknowledge that he is as much to blame for Donald Trump being president today than Donald Trump himself is. He's not going to admit that. Absolutely. Rob. He is not going to admit that. OK, so no, in his in, 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 in his sociopathic world where he has constructed a, a, a different you know reality. Hey, we were all just uh, sitting here, you know, uh, uh, preaching syrupy truth until this uh, carnival barker P.T. Barnum wannabe, uh, you know, came on the scene. And and so now we feel like we have to lie in order we, and we can get away with lying because he's so bad that this is what we have to do to stop him. That, that's what he would say. Yeah. Okay, I misunderstood the orders of operation of the lasso of truth. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was supposed to say the true truth and not his truth. Yes, exactly. The lasso of truth gives him his truth. Yeah, Got moral, moral, moral right. subjectivists really believe there is such a thing as my truth. They, they really believe that. Aaron, what do you think? So I've been trying, my, my instinct on Kamala and specifically with how she's viewed uh, by the Democratic base and Democratic Party as a whole have been way over the place. I did say, I did call my shot, though, on April 21st during the overtime that I was riding or dying with Kamala Harris as the VP. And the reason that I gave was because it was the pick that l- made the least amount of sense. <laughs> and lo and behold, here we are. Here's, here's my theory as to why she was selected. I think to varying degrees, but I think we're all on the same side here, to varying degrees, we all agree that if Joe Biden wins, he's, he's not going to be a two-term president. He might not even be a one-term president, okay? And we're not wishing death on anything, not wishing death, we're not wishing ill. It's just the reality he's a very old man. Or if he is the president, he's just a figurehead, and whoever his nominee or whoever his vice president is, is probably going to be running the show. So then why would you choose Kamala Harris from a state that does nothing for you and, uh, and a woman who, who bowed out of the, the, the presidential primary, the Democratic presidential primary, two months before the first contest? Why would you choose her? Somebody who admittedly does not, does not rile up their base. Because she is every bit the progressive wannabe tyrant that every member of the squad and every other presidential candidate, save Joe Biden and maybe Elizabeth Warren, but that's another story. She is every bit of the, the, the tyrant and progressive that any other mainstream or any other big name Democrat is, except for one small difference, I believe anyway. By and large, unlike the squad and unlike the Betos and the Ulian Castros and, they, and, and the Pete Buttigieg's, she doesn't say the quiet part out loud as often. I mean, she stays on script. She stays on script. Mm-hmm. And if you are running a campaign, that's who you want. If you're running a campaign at this point, when you're playing not to lose instead of actually playing to win, which by all intents and purposes, you know, the race is tightening up, but Biden's still got the lead. If you're just trying to sit and suck the air or, um, uh, you know, suck the air out of the ball here, I think Kamala works that way because she, at least as far as the campaign go, is kind of a neutral prospect. So I think I, I agree. Getting back to the main question here, I agree this is probably a one or two week thing. But if she gets into office as vice president, she's going to be every bit the wannabe tyrant that the squad and any any number or any member of the leftist base could ever dream of. Exit question. And I'm going to ask it about two minutes early so you can take a few seconds to answer if you think you need it. Okay. 
Do you still believe Joe Biden will be the Democrat nominee for president come election day? Aaron. Uh, no, and I'm being really snarky here, and, but I, I mean this seriously. I believe the 25th Amendment will be the, the Democrats nominee. Rob. I, I, I think he probably will be. We have less than three months left now, so I, I think he probably will be. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's not. But I'm going to go with on Election Day, um, he will be. I think it was one of you guys asked when will uh, when will the 25th Amendment be invoked somewhere on social media. And I, I think that will be at about 11 p.m. on Inauguration Day, just when Joe's going to sleep. Todd, what do you think? I don't think Aaron's trusting his own principle enough. We believed on this show going all the way back that nothing about Joe Biden in this political climate made any sense at all. Yet here he is. So, yeah, he's going to be standing there at the end because nothing matters. So I, I waved the white flag earlier this week and said, I give. 2020 has won. Man needs to know his limits. What is the worst possible outcome to every situation? And I'm I'm predicting that one. Okay. What would be the worst possible outcome here? What would what would cause the most unrest, the most turmoil, um, the most strife? divisiveness would be for him to from a health perspective not be able to finish out in the open in a campaign and then who knows what the process looks like to replace him right yeah i like it so i'm going with that just because that's the trend line of the year from hell that we are on we'll come back and talk some more here on The Dace Group in a moment. Hey, sadly, America's students are caught up in the politics of coronavirus. A lot of our educations are hanging in the balance. So to support the next generation of freedom-loving Americans, Patriot Mobile is running a school days promotion right now. Until September 12th, you can choose either a free phone or a free month of service when you make the switch to America's only conservative cell phone carrier. That's Patriot Mobile. That's right. Either a free phone or a free month of service. Plus, instead of charging hidden fees and funding a bunch of uh, left-wing demonology that uh, is a soul-crushing, culture-crushing dogma, Patriot Mobile instead will donate uh, a portion of your bill to Students for Life instead. So you're going to get the same reliable nationwide service, but from a company that supports and shares your values. Switching is easy. You can keep your phone number if you want. You can bring your own phone, buy a new phone, whichever you prefer. They'll cater it to you. Call 972-PATRIOT right now to take advantage of this school day's promotion 972 patriot use the promo code steve when you call in at 972 patriot or just go to patriotmobile.com slash steve again that's patriotmobile.com slash steve all right back here on the day group our weekly look at the week that was our good friend rob Eno joining us here uh, alongside myself todd Erzin, and aaron mcintyre let's get to issue three 
when are the numbers low enough? Earlier this week, the Big Ten Athletic Conference, along with the Pac-12 Athletic Conference, did the unthinkable, canceling college football, or, if you believe the Big Ten, postponing it till the spring. The Big Ten was incredibly opaque in their reasoning for canceling the season, citing ambiguous health and safety concerns because of the coronavirus. It's it's a difficult decision, and unless you have control of the pandemic, Mm -hmm. it is fraught with a lot of of risk uh, and unknowns. And so I do feel that a pause at this moment where we're trying to do a lot of things at once, including getting back to school, uh, it it's prudent. But what really is the state of COVID-19 in the Big Ten footprint? In Michigan, had a strict lockdown and now a mask obligation. Deaths have flattened there, but still not safe for the Wolverines and the Spartans to play for some reason. Next is Ohio, which is the quote-unquote worst performing state currently in the Big Ten footprint. And yet it hasn't been above 50 deaths in a state of 11.6 million in six weeks. Still not safe, though, for the Buckeyes to play. In Pennsylvania, it's been flattening its death curve since early May to now almost nothing in a state of 13 million. Yet it still can't have the Nittany Lions on the gridiron. Illinois had maybe the strictest lockdown in the entire Big Ten footprint. It's been above 50 deaths only once since June 20th in a state of 12.5 million. Illini and the Wildcats still can't play. New Jersey was the second hardest hit state in the country, and if it were its own country, one of the worst hit in the world. And yet the most densely populated state in the country has absolutely crushed the curve, probably reaching herd immunity the hard way. Rutgers still can't play. Maryland, another strict lockdown state with very high mask usage, hasn't been above 50 deaths since Memorial Day in its fifth most densely populated state in the U.S. Terrapins can't play. Indiana has crushed its death curve, ended its shutdown on May 1st, but does require masks inside public buildings. Boilermakers and the Hoosiers still not safe to play football. Minnesota has had one of the toughest mass requirements in our footprint, hasn't been above 20 deaths in a state of 5.6 million in two months. Gophers still still not safe to play. Iowa has been the most open state in the Big Ten footprint, never shut down, doesn't require masks. First to bring back high school sports, and yet has been in double digits for deaths only seven times in the past 75 days. Still not safe enough for the Hawkeyes. Nebraska, next open state in the Big Ten footprint, even had 2,500 fans in the stands for a high school all-star game a month ago, only reached double figures in deaths four times in the whole pandemic, still not safe for the Huskers. And finally, Wisconsin, which had its first potential mass spreader event in the country with a court-ordered election that had 450,000 people vote in person, then the court ordered reopening that state, even including bars a few months ago. Death toll per day is only higher than 20 once ever, but it's still unsafe for the Badgers. It seems like the same logic, or lack thereof, that was used to cancel Big Ten football this fall has been, is, and will be used to justify the further cancellation of anything and everything the left deems unfit. When it, when are the numbers low enough? With, without a, without, I'm talking a real vaccine, like, you know, not the ones Big Pharma comes up with now just because there's huge dollar amounts in them. I'm talking about the stuff that eradicated smallpox from the planet. Which wreaked havoc for more on the on us as a species for more than a millennia, um, like Jonas Salk level stuff. Without that kind of a vaccine, how much lower? If we're because if, we're going to deny herd immunity, we're, we're just going to pretend it doesn't exist. We're not going to go there. Although New Jersey apparently got there the hard way, okay. But we're not going to actively, you know, the average age of a positive new test in our home state of Iowa for the last going on two months has been twenty two years old. That's how you get to herd immunity. 
You take the healthy people out there, you let them and their hearty immune systems confront the strain and weaken the virus for everybody else. That's how we get there. Okay, Um, but we're not going to do this collectively as a country, at least not before the election anyway. So tell me then, when are the numbers low enough? How do we get better than this without herd immunity and without a vaccine? How do we do better than this? And let's look at the numbers nationally. CDC said as of yesterday, 2.1% of all ER visits in America are for COVID symptoms. 2.1% of ER visits in America for COVID symptoms. Uh, Only 1.9% of COVID cases are currently hospitalized. Since July 1, our CFR for COVID has been 1.5% here in the United States, same as in Europe. Only 0.14% of Americans are currently hospitalized with COVID. And if you got rid of people who were there for only COVID and had no other maladies or pregnancy at all, the number would be even far lower than that. Only 0.7% of Americans are even a positive case. That's not even counting false positives. Positives. Only zero or only point zero four percent of Americans have died of COVID with a median age of 78, which is the actual average U.S. life expectancy. And again, that's died with COVID. We're not counting whether any other comorbidity, diabetes, hypertension, heart, heart disease, nothing else. Just that we have done 41 million more tests than the next closest free nation on Earth, India which has th- four times the population we have. And we have done 41 million more testing, uh, for, uh, more tests than they have. When are the numbers ever good enough? Rob, I ask you, when? How much lower can we actually go without a vaccine or herd immunity? When can this be good enough? Um, I think it'll be good enough on the first Wednesday after the first Tuesday in November. I think, or actually about 8 p.m. Um, Hawaii time on the first Tuesday um, in November. I, I think that this all goes away after the election and that we are like, oh, wait, oh, maybe we are doing okay. Everything's fine. I I, I seriously at this point truly believe that because there's nothing else in the numbers that would tell me anything else. You heard about Texas going crazy. Texas has been here in Texas. We've been dropping our cases every single day. We've dropping the Sunbelt wave. is. You you don't hear the media media is not like all over that. Um, In in the left will still say when you bring up Sweden, who reached herd immunity, who tried to put all of their their elderly people um, people like myself with diabetes away for like three months, two months. You guys go in, in, in quarantine, self-quarantine while the rest of us go out and get in and get herd immunity. If you look at their curve, if you look at their actual numbers, they're the lowest right now in, in Europe. And they're actually, the rest of Europe is spiking with cases because the sad part about this is this doesn't stop until 70% of us get it. It's herd immunity, right? It, it, I mean, it's how every virus works. This stops when 70% of us get herd immunity and that or get immunity and then the virus can't find a host and it flares down for a little while and maybe in 15 years it raises its head a little bit for a while at a much less virulence strain and somebody gets like a cold or something like that i know people who have gotten this that are in their 20s that that you know a friend and his wife the wife works in healthcare. she got it and had to get tested and they were like oh it was like a bad cold and it went away in like 24 hours It, it wasn't anything big we need younger people to get it yet People are still absolutely terrified. I mean, I saw a family member posted something about a um, about three kids getting it or in dying in New Jersey. And I don't know if that's true. I didn't have time to fact check it. But also that more kids are getting it and getting it. We want more kids to get it and get it because the death rate with children is almost non-existent. And by them getting it, the virus has less of a host. 
The whole deal is, and I've said this from day one, that the only way you get out of it is to put people like myself, um, the elderly, for like four weeks, separate us from the rest of society, let everybody else go out and get it. The death rate will be remarkably lower, and we will reach herd immunity. But besides that, I think 8 p.m. on the first Tuesday in November in Hawaii time. By the way, you triggered something I want to remember, and I want to make sure I get it exactly right. Because with the kids going back to school, we saw this early in the pandemic, and now with the kids going back to school, you're going to see another round of this. These outlier cases of the one kid that died or this happened. Remember the story in L.A.? Remember the story in L.A. where they where the NBC affiliate in L.A. that was like last month ran this huge story about the kid who died with COVID symptoms in the headline, remember? Yeah. And then you read the story and it says, well, he tested negative. Did, well, I'm guessing if the autopsy had come back that he was positive. Don't you think we would have known about that, right? Okay. Well, the, the there's a story going around. Remember that story of the kid in Connecticut? The story of the, of the kid in Connecticut who died. Remember that? Okay. Uh, and and the governor uh, in, in in Connecticut, you know, went on TV and made a big deal out of it. Okay, Hartford Current yesterday quote headline: Hartford baby who died in March was called the youngest coronavirus death in Connecticut. Months later, medical examiner says the baby had COVID nineteen but did not die from it. I mean, I, th- I think Candace Owens actually called that on Twitter about five minutes after the Connecticut governor was making a big deal of it. You're going to get a lot more of these. Okay, they're going to they're going to every outlier case they can find with 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 with, with a kid. They're going to they're going to utilize it. So just be very hesitant what you choose to believe on that front. All right, quickly, Todd, go. The answer is never. It's never going to be uh, low enough. Rob's right to the extent, like with the Black Lives Matter protests, it is going to be. There's going to be all kinds of reasons why they set it aside. But you guys are now seeing with masks uh, and other things what I've seen for a long, long time with vaccination, and we've talked about this on the show before. Coronavirus, not much, but Steve, you said, why are you not worried about me not being vaccinated? Because I have been because vaccinated you decided with the stuff you've been vaccinated, but that level of like, yeah. I have received more hate in my life on the issue of and look at I talk all the time about every issue under the sun, uh, homosexuality, abortion. There's more hate in my life directed at me as an anti-vaxer than anything. And now the rest of the culture is is starting to figure out what that looks like. The number will ever be never ever ever be low enough. That that's why sooner or later, no matter what the quality of the vaccine, you are going to be told by this government that you have to take it on some level Aaron very quickly yeah uh, very very quickly the only the only stat that member that that matters is uh, the number 270 270 uh, that's how many delegates you need uh, from the electoral yep. college to win yeah yep. there you go yeah exit question this week we passed day 150 to flatten the curve what will life be like 150 days from now which is January 11th 2021 Aaron Oh, Lord. Um, I, I, I think it's going to, to I, at this point, I think we are going to be saying virus, what virus? Uh, Medicare for all. Todd. Dystopian. Rob. Oh, they'll be getting the, uh, the mall ready for the millions of people to go see the Joe Biden Kamala Harris yep. inauguration. Issue four. Do the other three really play? The aforementioned Big Ten and Pac-12 athletic conferences decided to cancel their fall sports this year, a truly catastrophic decision not only for the athletes involved, but also for all the ancillary economies built around the most ubiquitous team sport in America. 
But the other three Power Five conferences, the SEC, ACC, and Big 12, are forging ahead with their seasons. For a breath of fresh air, here's a couple of quotes from Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby, who announced his league's schedule for the coming year. Quote, I have better information and our presidents have better information than those in the fourth estate. Our board believes in our scientists and have come to an agreement that is different. Another quote, ultimately, our student athletes have indicated their desire to compete in the sports they love this season, and it's up to all of us to deliver a safe, medically sound, and structured academic and athletic environment for accomplishing that outcome. See, that's not so hard, is it, Big Ten? First question, and I need a very quick answer. Do the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 really go ahead and play college football this season? Todd? Yes, they do. Rob? Yes. Aaron? Yes. Yes. All right. Let's get to predictions. Rob, you get to go first as our guest. Go ahead. Uh, my big prediction for the week is, or for for the election, is that, like I said, Joe Biden will be elected, um, but on the day of the inauguration will not be uh, president by the end of the day. Hmm. Yeah, that's not, this is a worst case scenario. I like it. I'm just, at this point, just pick all worst case scenarios. Todd? Whether it's China, Russia, any nation that means us harm or thinks it needs to keep us honest, uh, bioweapons, chemical warfare, things like that, I'm sure they all existed on some theoretical level before, but they are practically going to move to the top of the list because they've seen with our own eyes on how we will bend the knee. Well, you guys are a cheery bunch, man. Aaron, do you really want my prediction? Last week, I predicted that no Power 5 conference team would miss a game this season. So uh, my, my actual prediction is... I'm, I'm going, I'm, I'm getting back up and I'm doing it again. The NFL will be largely unaffected in terms of what the uh, WNL or, or the, the win and loss records predictions would have been, would have looked like prior to the, the pandemic uh, to, to what they will be afterwards. So I think the NFL, I mean, there are players that are going to sit out, obviously, but I think the overall win loss record is going to be uh, about the same as it would have been. My prediction, just continuing the theme that 2020 is about the worst possible solution to every outcome, is that Trump does drop the perpetually forlorn-looking Mike Pence uh, from his ticket to put a woman on the ticket. But instead of picking the dazzling Christy Nome, he selects Lindsey Graham uh, instead. <laughs> I, li- I, I dig that you're going all in on this. I can... No, I'm done. I, I have been. I I I am beaten. I I will admit when I am beaten. I am beaten. I'm beaten. Now I'm going to scream and yell and holler about it the whole way. But I'm beaten. I will admit that. I'm done. I, I've got an I've got an even darker prediction. If you want a darker prediction, you can do it in 20 seconds. Go ahead. Yes. Uh, Electoral College is 269 to 269. Oh, no. Nancy, no, 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 it gets better. Nancy Pelosi controls the House, but since the House votes based on delegations, Republicans will have 27 delegations to 24, and Donald Trump will be your president after losing by 8 million votes in the popular vote. And there will be riots and verdict out of the entire Don't, don't bring that evil I like where your mind's at. An evil petting zoo? (laughs) Nice. I think that could actually happen. Yeah. I mean, I could see that happening. Exactly. Exactly. I could actually see that happening. And 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 dude, he's losing the popular vote. I don't know, it'd be eight million votes, but it was two million last time. I I, I think it's gonna be a multi million I mean, do you know how many people how many mail in ballots? Dude, he's gonna lose California by thirty million mail in ballots by itself. All right. Rob, good to see you as always. Have a great weekend and we hate you.
All right. Thank you. All right. We'll come back. It's time for some feedback Friday. Your turn. Maybe to lighten the mood a little bit, but I doubt it. Next. Back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre. And all of you, Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Parlor at Steve Dace. YouTube.com slash Steve Dace is our brand new YouTube channel. And the last name is D-E-A-C-E. If you're a podcast listener, thank you very much. If you haven't done so already, please uh, hit that subscribe button up for us and give us a five-star review on whichever platform you podcast us from. The more of those we get, it helps the show to grow. And we want to thank the thousands of you that have left us those five-star reviews already. They absolutely help to boost the show at the very least, at the very least, I should say, to boost our own egos. And I think if you've learned anything about this program over the last many moons, it's that we could all use an ego boost around here. It's all we have left, quite frankly. It, 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 it might be all that we have left, indeed. All right, let's get to some Feedback Friday, brought to you by ScoreMaster, created by credit data scientists. Did you know the average ScoreMaster user can raise their credit score 61 points in 20 days or less? How? How do they make this work? Well, uh, ScoreMaster puts you in control of your credit score with new science that super boosts it faster and easier because you get to see for yourself what the path to success is as opposed to that long printout. You don't understand half of it. You're not even sure there's a portion of it that's even about you. ScoreMaster lays it all out for you simply and cleanly and then gives you a path forward. You can enroll in minutes and see how many plus points you can add to your credit score. You'll be shocked at how fast you can do it and why is it necessary? Well, it can help with getting a home loan, buying a car, refinancing, or even getting a job these days. More and more employers are doing credit score checks as well. So visit scoremaster.com slash Steve. Right now, visit ScoreMaster, just like it sounds, scoremaster.com slash Steve. Ready for some Feedback Friday? You got yeah. it. Let's do it. Let's begin with David. Let's start with some good news. You guys want to start with some good news? I feel like uh, Lucy in the football right here. No, this is real good news. This is real good yeah, news? Yeah, I'm not okay. trolling you. This, okay. is for, this is legit, okay? David writes, you guys make differences you likely are not even aware of. I sent all your links uh, that, uh, that you sent me. Uh, to a friend. This is the dossier about schools. And and I haven't updated this the last few weeks. There's been even more. There's I just can't update everything. It would be like a whole other job for me. Okay. Um, but this is a dossier that hundreds of you have asked me for that I have sent to uh, just parents, but also school board members, teachers, educators, public and private school all over the country, at least to get the conversation started. Okay. And it's all linked. You can read all the stuff and all the studies from all over the world on this all by yourselves. And he says, I sent all your, the links that you sent me uh, to a friend. And wow, did it make a difference. Uh, the five, we had a five to two vote on our school board to reopen schools and to do so without masks. And it was five members who all read your dossier um they've all now also become listeners to you guys' show and uh, just wanted to tell you thank you and god bless and this is from a district in kansas that voted to reopen schools five to two without a mask requirement and it was based off of at least some of it anyway based off the work we've done on our show so hashtag winning that is a win no doubt 
those five people, whoever you are, uh, there's there's no amount of helmet stickers that will do justice to your ability to just set down the yoke of groupthink and just be unafraid to make a decision on your own and go with it come what may just because it's the right thing to do and again not because of spaghetti monsters in the sky that actually decide okay i i see you and raise you on the data be not afraid the, the fun, number one reason all of this is being done is because it's steve's theory about high school it's we are so immature now as a people. There is no real leadership. We absolutely need to go in 40 years in the desert mode and just purge these people out in every single institution. And when we rebuild, we'll start with people like you who did your job. Uh, it was courageous to do what you did, but it was just it was just smart in a two plus two equals four kind of way. I'm always going to be honest with you. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to be right. That Those are two different things. Okay, but folks, I'm just telling you, I've got my own son going back to school here in a week. Uh, I put my livelihood and the livelihoods of my employees and the resources that other men invested to get me and my career to this point. I put it all on the line on this because I'm certain of the data. That's why. Because I'm certain of the data. And, and, and we've been proven right every step of the way. Because we have simply just followed the data. We haven't let it politicize us. I mean, I, I got a note from somebody who is very upset about their Christian school requiring masks. Want to know how? I said, I would not blow up my Christian school over that. I wouldn't. I mean, if they're, if they're having a forum in the debate, I'd let my voice be heard. But I wouldn't blow up my school over that. Some of you aren't going to like that. Okay. But I wouldn't. Um, if the masks worked, I'd be telling you, suck it up and wear a mask. If you haven't learned this about me by now, if I think something is right, I'm going to tell you. Whether you want to hear it from me or not. This is not a place that, this is not a show in conservative media you come to for fellatio. We ain't performing that here. We're not doing that here. All right, We're trying to figure out what is the truth we're going where the truth lies, and then we're going to lay it on the line. I mean, just look at the way the show is staffed. I put the fun and fundamentalist. I, have, I hired as my editor a Catholic. And then one of the first things we did when we started this show was, was spend the year rehashing the arguments over the Reformation on the air. I grew up in a home where my mom was a nurse. I worked medical records for jobs in the summertime at, at ERs and clinics she worked at. I know all the, I, I grew up well-versed in modern medicine and pharma. Next to me is a guy who's an anti-vaxxer. Okay, I, I, I'm not, I don't need to be coddled. I don't need to be surrounded by a bunch of people who think like me and agree with me all the time. And then I friggin' hired a millennial which just comes with <laughs> an unseemly amount of risk for contrarian thinking. Got that right. All right? So if the, if, if, if the data said that the masks work, I'd be on here yelling at you, even if it crushed my Facebook traffic. 
I'd be out here yelling at you, wear a damn mask so I can have my football back. I'd be telling you that. I would be. Do you think, how many years have you known me, Todd? 20 years almost. Yeah. Do you think if, the, if there I'm, was data that showed the mask work, I wouldn't have spent every damn waking hour on here for the last few months? You fools with your egos are going to cost me my football season. Wear a damn mask. Oh. Don't you think I would have done that for the last 20 years? I'm so, or, or the last four months. I'm so. <laughs> it feels like twenty years. <laughs> I'm so certain of it. And considering Aaron's married to a nurse, I had various backgrounds on this. That was one of my. It only lasted for you know a couple of days. That was one of my chief concerns about going forward as a show during this virus because you and I don't really have disagreements on principle we need disagree tactics things like that but I, I obviously all three of us had to wonder like this one might the center might not hold on this we just mm-hmm. might come down in different spots mm-hmm. now we didn't and it's not because of we had a we never had a meeting we said we got to come together on this that never happened nope. it never came close to happening we just follow the data we just followed the that's data. all we did we just follow the data dude i was suggesting in march why don't we just wear masks and not shut down i said this in march yeah. And all the people now demanding you wear a mask, now that we have data that shows they don't work, are, we're, we're telling people like me, and that won't work. We have to shut down. Masks don't work. Ha, ha, ha. Surgeon General laughed at you. Fauci laughed at you. Now we have to wear masks. And now we don't know which masks actually work. And now the mask that will actually do the best job of stopping the virus from coming into you, you can't wear because it, because it, has, a, it has a filtration or a ventilation system valve. So it, you can't, it, it doesn't stop you from still giving it to somebody else. I mean, the whole thing is a crock. Okay? The whole thing is a crock. I mean, go back and look at the, what Aaron put out there in, in, in one of the issues for the day scoop where he went over the stuff in the Big Ten footprint. Forget, I know everybody was focused on the charts, but did you listen to what he said? This state, no mask requirement. This state has a very strict all mask over requirement. The place. Helter skelter. The, the, and even in our own footprint here, all over the place, diversity in what they demanded and what they did not. And yet, did you notice, now, now, now think of those charts you saw last hour all over again. Did you notice they had all virtually the exact same epidemiological curve? I did. Whether they shut down or they didn't. Whether they did a strict shutdown like Illinois and Michigan did, or they didn't shut down at all, like Iowa and Nebraska. Whether they wore masks, like Minnesota, it makes everyone, I, I read today, it's, maybe if you live in Minnesota, you can tell me I'm wrong. I read today, if you're above five years old, you have to wear a mask like everywhere in Minnesota, is what I read today. And, and, and so, I mean, in Iowa, there's no compul- compulsory mask usage anywhere unless it is done by a private business. And <laughs> they all had the same curve. They were all relatively in the exact same spot sitting on August the 13th. The data was as of yesterday. Just, you know, different, you know, Ohio's obviously got a hell of a lot more people than Iowa does. So you're dealing with larger numbers because you're dealing with a larger population base. But if you looked at the epidemiological curve, they were all pretty much in the exact same spot sitting here in mid-August, whether they locked down in in April and May and March or not, whether they they were compelling masks in June and July or not. I think it was Alex Berenson coined this phrase, the virus is gonna virus. And yes, it is. But that's what Scott Atlas means when he says, why are we throwing out yeah, why more throwing than 100 years? Yeah, why are we throwing laws of immunology yeah. and virology? Yes. That's what he means. Yes, that is exactly what he means. I'm going to withhold the name of this individual, and when I read the email, you're going to understand why, okay? I currently work, maybe even in the opening sentence, I currently work in the U.S. intelligence community. 
supporting one of the numerous Department of Defense organizations. I have wanted to follow this current career path I'm on since I was in high school, about 20 some odd years ago. I finally got my foot in the door 19 years ago, and I've worked in various capacities in the intelligence community ever since. I was thrilled and highly motivated because I was living my dream, felt like I was making a difference. But fast forward 19 years, and it's a whole different story. This community is highly politicized, and I can assure you, the vast majority of those in senior positions in the IC have it have have it firmly embedded and are active within the so-called deep state. While liberals are able to say whatever they want, frequently slandering the president, people like us, and we must remain quiet and under threat of prosecution under the Hatch Act, which is about uh, political. You can't be political within the intelligence community. It's about more than that, but that's what he's talking about. We were notified that Black Lives Matters is able to openly be supported in the workplace, but I can lose my job and be prosecuted under the Hatch Act if I wear a MAGA mask. That's what goes on here. COVID-1984, as I call it, has fundamentally changed the mentality of most of the Department of Defense. And in my current experience, also the intelligence community. The same agency that landed troops on the beaches of Normandy and the Marines on the beaches of the South Pacific under a hail of machine gun fire is paralyzed with fear over a new strain of the flu with a lower CFR than the seasonal flu. I've been on telework since mid-March and for the last month, we've been told that the agency will be phasing the workforce back in only to have it pushed back on at least two occasions again folks these are the badasses all right these are these are the badasses you go to bed at night knowing that these guys are on watch okay i work in the washington dc metro area where the people's republic of virginia is currently in phase three of reopening and maryland has moved on to some form of reopening dc though is run like a circus so i won't even mention them since mid-march the organization i work for has been a max has been at a max of 20 percent personnel in person manning while the rest of the of the dcmd virginia region has opened up to various phases what he's saying is even in these lockdown communities the 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 dod the ic community he lives in is less willing to reopen you know daniel horowitz is losing his mind over his governor lockdown larry every day this guy is saying i work in the intelligence community we are less inclined to reopen than the state of maryland is that's what he's saying here all right We were notified earlier this week that we will not be allowed to begin phasing in the workforce until the number of active cases among the workforce is, wait for it, zero. 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 Again, these are your watchmen, man. These are the guys that you're just hoping when Asalaamu Alaikum comes up with a new plan to bomb some more towers or another sporting event that everybody cares about, that they kill him before he kills you. That's who this is. Can't come back to work, though, until it's at zero. Currently, an agency with around 18,000 employees and contractors is being kept in a Fauci-approved lockdown by an active COVID case count in the low double digits. This is absolutely absurd, and national security is suffering fear, or because fear continues to win the day. Boy, howdy, Steve. You weren't just whistling Dixie when you said, folks, you're on your own and also uh i have yet to settle on what i'm writing on my uh, mask when i go out but you just nailed it covid 1984 i'm stealing it i apologize that's for really good yes man. that is really good mike in fort worth says in december of 2017 i was fired from a big 10 university because i refused to play along with non-biological parents being allowed to share a room with children while attending 4-h events 
This new policy was instituted under pressure from the Rainbow Jihad so that a non-biological gay parent could play house at 4-H events while away from home. I explained to the administrators that prior to coming to the university, I was a detective in a major city, and that my job was to investigate crimes committed by adults against juveniles. Under their policy, a man who is cohabitating with a woman could have access to the woman's daughter under this policy. I've investigated this crime hundreds of times. By the way, most children, if if there's a cohabitating parent and a if, if the parent is living with somebody else and the child has been abused, do you guys overwhelmingly know who the abuser is? Overwhelmingly the cohabitating other person. That's almost over that's overwhelmingly who it is. Okay. I've investigated this crime hundreds of times. I've also investigated adult male rape of teenage boys. And the key to that crime is also access to the victim. All of this was done to satisfy the progressive fantasy that abhorrent behavior can be normalized and that a non-biological parent has the same interest in a child as a custodial biological parent. This was the hill I chose to die on. I took my retirement account and started my own business. I'm much happier. Now comes an email you read recently from a woman calling herself sick and tired. Simply put, she does not want to die on the hill, uh, die on the Chinese coronavirus hill. If you are not willing to die on a hill, then just bear the burden of it. Don't complain. I just hear, I, I contrast her comments to the actions of patriots in this world or the Christians fed to the lions. I would say this to sick and tired. You are guaranteed nothing in life and that hardship will come. There is life beyond the job you hold. Do not be afraid. And that was an email from a woman claiming we didn't risk anything. I, I risked everything on this. I risked nine years I've built to get to this point to be the follow-up show with one of the with a hall of, literal hall of fame lead-in. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I worked nine years when I walked out of WHO to get to this point. There are men you've never met who invested a substantial amount of capital to get me launched, to help get me to this point that we could do this and hire people like you guys. If I was wrong about this, man, that investment was toast. My career over. So, I, I, I don't know. From where I'm sitting, I think I risk quite a bit, as a matter of fact. Um, sounds like Mike in Fort Worth, he risked even more. Why? Why did Mike do it? He just told you. I'm from law enforcement. I know what the data is. I've made these arrests. I know who's most likely to abuse these children. And they're the kinds of people you want to expose them to. And no, I'm not going along with that. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not putting my name on that and having to wear that later on. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And worst thing you can do is fire me and I just have to go do something else with my life. He made that choice. We made the same one. And my thing is, I don't know what else I would do. Guys, before I got into broadcasting, man, or before I got into media, I was a mailroom clerk, guys. I literally went from mailroom clerk to media, okay? In fact, I was mailroom clerking while I was working my way up from uh, news assistant photo filer for the Des Moines Register to sports writer. I was working in the mailroom at Blue Cross Blue Shield while doing that. There's not like... You know, I transitioned from some other, you know, uh, career with a future. I, I, I started at the bottom of a newspaper. I worked in a mailroom so I'd have some full-time work. And I took, kept the job because it was across the street from the newspaper. So I could just go back and forth really easily in the same day. 
I mean, this, if I was wrong in this and blew this, and all the incendiary stuff I've said and put on the yeah, market. What else will we be allowed yeah, I, to I, do? I think I told you this when we had this conversation with Sick and Tired. Back in 2017, I tried to do, I did a tryout with ESPN U Radio on Sirius XM. And it went very well. I kept the emails, by the way, with the glowing reviews. And we're going to definitely get back to you. You could, we're even thinking of starting a Big Ten channel. And maybe we want somebody who could be the Paul Feinbaum of the Big Ten, they told me. And they did end up actually starting a Big Ten channel. Then word gets around of some of the things I've had, to, the stance I've had to take in this job, which I'm not a victim. I'm fine taking them. I believe them. But there's collateral damage for that, right? So but the only thing I do really, really well is talk and research. I, I don't know what happens if this blows up. I don't know. Well, Steve, you've got political context. Like, okay, let me give you an example. I go out on a limb on the worst pandemic in at least a half a century, and I'm dead wrong. I get canned here. So yeah, man, let me, I'm sure, let me call up Ted Cruz. Hey, you have an opening in your Senate office? I'm sure he'd love the headline in Politico. Ted Cruz hires uh, 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 COVID denier. That's not happening, guys. I'm toast. 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 Greatest sports nickname maybe of all time. And it came from his own coach when Bill Parcells nicknamed the worst corner on his team, Elvis Patterson, toast, because he gets burnt every Sunday. That's, a great That's your own coach controlling you like that. All right. That's where my career is at. I don't know what I'm going back and doing. I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. What do you do when the only two things you're really, really good at are talk and research? But the last bit of research you did was dead nuts wrong. And the last bit of talking you did was telling people that the worst pandemic they've ever seen is overblown. Probably not coming back from that, you think? You're getting back up from that one, do you think? Probably not. Dividing fractions, that's uh, what you're brushing up on. (laughs) Yes, nice. Yeah, Alfred said, what do we... What do we do after we fall? Well, maybe on this one you want to stay down. Just stay down, Dace. Stay down. All right, stay down. Thankful, hoping. That, let me tell you what I'm doing. Hoping they're 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 extending those unemployment benefits. That's what I'm hoping they're doing. All right. Uh, this is from Bob. Now he, Bob says uh, during this incredibly idiotic, insane, crazy time, much has been said by you and others of how people are missing out on the once in a lifetime events that have literally been stolen from us because of what's going on. Things like high school proms, graduations, funerals, unless your name's George Floyd, the death of a loved one in hospitals, care facilities, and the list goes on. My own personal story is I've been a major airline pilot for 32 years. The mandatory retirement age for airline pilots is 65. I turned 65 on August 21st, so therefore I have to retire. Typically, an airline pilot retirement is a big deal, and then one can pick a nice destination, take a limited amount of family members along with you at the company's expense for your for your last flight. Before all this insanity began, I was planning on taking some family members with me to one of our destinations, like Aruba, for a nice layover and celebration. Upon return on one's last flight to home base, the flight office usually has a reception and get-together and operations, so it's a memorable retirement event for all. Well, as you may guess, that is all gone. While it is still possible to take a family member on a last flight, there's really no point at this juncture because nothing is open anywhere to go see and do. This has sucked the life out of that experience. As it stands now, I'll just go and do my domestic trip and be done with my career without any of the events that you look forward to after decades of service in this industry. While I'm more than ready to retire, this pisses me off to no end because I also know it didn't have to be 
this way. That's last line. I will follow the data. If it was Captain's tri- Captain Trips, guys, I'd be very disappointed, but I would accept it. It's not. It's not. In fact, I want to go back to something Rob said last hour. I just didn't have time to get into it because it was a rabbit trail. But he talked about the you know traditional threshold for a new virus outbreak is if you herd immunity is typically thought to be seventy percent. Yeah, this right? one isn't seventy. Do you know why this one isn't seventy? Because it's from a family of viruses we've all already been exposed to. That's why. And because they were they were they were, you know, the guy running Switzerland's infection, the 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 Fauci of Switzerland, not Sweden, Switzerland wrote a piece in early July, translated in English, I read, that pointed out our, our immunity pre- uh, paradigm has begun from a flawed place. So we started testing for, in the hemoglobin for, because it was a novel coronavirus. We started testing for antibodies, and, and the rates were higher than infection, but not as high as we had hoped, and nowhere near, uh, nowhere near herd immunity, so we got to lock everybody down. Except he said, hey, th- it's a novel It's a novel coronavirus, he wrote, not a novel virus. We've all seen these kinds of viruses before. This is a new mutation, but we've all had coronaviruses. Is it rhino and corona are the two types of cold viruses, correct? Rhino and terovirus. Okay, thank you. Thank you. All right, so if you've had a cold, chances are you've been exposed to some form of coronavirus. And this epidemiologist in Switzerland said, when we reversed our paradigm, and stop, started, stop treating it like it was a brand new thing, but a brand new member of a family of viruses we've already seen. And started looking at, therefore, cellular, uh, which is called T-cell immunity. We started looking at cellular immunity. We saw we were actually much further along. There was a lot more cross-immunity to get at this than we ever anticipated. And it changed our, changed our paradigm for how we were treating this from, a, um, from an immunity standpoint. Now, Singapore had a study about this. Remember the 17-year T-cell immunity study in Singapore? That was like two Mm -hmm. months ago. We've had other studies along these lines that we have cited on this show. Yesterday, for the first time, your National Institute of Health, that's Anthony Fauci, for the first time acknowledged T-cell immunity. It was August 12th. Singapore, ahead of of the curve ahead of the United States, guys. Singapore, where they were still caning people recently, and maybe that's why they were ahead of the curve. Who knows? Um, I've got some, I got a list of people I think could use a cane. Know what I'm saying, G? I'm with you. Yeah. August 12th. Our smartest trust the expert on August 12th finally acknowledged T-cell immunity on August 12th. When it's been discussed and bandied about countries... I'm telling you, if you read what goes on in other countries, they almost laugh at us and almost laugh at him. He's like a joke. He's a celebrity here. Not so much when you get outside the Continental. And the joke's on us. The joke is on us. And I could do whole shows of just stories like this. Moments of lifetimes. If, if, it, was, if it really was the worst we'd ever seen then, Bob, you're concerned about you don't get a last vacation flight to Aruba with your family? Dude, get over yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Except that last line from his note. It didn't have to be this way. No, it didn't. 
doesn't mean you could go to Aruba or any place you wanted, but there's, there, should be, there should be places for you to be able to go. But here we are. And then the country that even just, a, just more than a week, just about a week ago, they were telling us was the model for lockdowns is about to go into a stage four lockdown. New Zealand. As we speak right now. It didn't. You're right, Bob. I'm sorry, brother. And to all of you, your graduations, your proms, the events, the benchmarks of lives that we'll never get back. I'm sorry to all of you. I really am. I mean, I, I haven't missed anything like that. But, you know, little Stevie has, has built the escapes of his life have been the NCAA basketball tournament in Michigan football since I was in the fifth grade. Gone. So even the little things that really don't matter, but give us some enjoyment, give us little Sabbaths in life. You know, so that we get, it's where we go to get distracted and re-energized to get back into the arena, get back into it. Those things being taken away. So it, you're right. It didn't have to be this way. That's what makes it infuriating. If it did, then you're not guaranteed perfection east of Eden or even <laughs> pretty good for that matter. But it didn't have to be that way. And that's why it's infuriating. More of your feedback Friday here in a moment. Don't take the chance that you're going to learn about home title fraud the hard way. All right, Deborah found out the hard way what home title fraud is all about when one day she just moseyed out to her mailbox like any other day and saw there was an eviction notice for her own home inside. How did she get there? It's called home title fraud. Cyber thieves have discovered the titles to our homes are kept online, so they forge your name on your deed and state that you sold your home to them. And then they refile as the new owner. And in Deborah's case, she found out the not just the hard way, the worst way. About the only way I know to make sure this doesn't happen to you, because I know your homeowner's insurance won't help you, but Home Title Lock will. They'll put a virtual barrier around your home's title, protect your most important investment. The instant they detect any tampering, they will mobilize to shut it down. But first things first, go to HomeTitleLock.com, find out if you're already a victim and you don't know it. You can put your address in there to learn whether your title's already been targeted. And then while you're there, if you want to sign up, you can use the promo code STEVE to get 30 free days of protection. That's 30 free days of protection with the promo code STEVE at HomeTitleLock.com. Again, that's HomeTitleLock.com. Let's get back to some Feedback Friday. Matt Pohl has a question. Maybe you two could come up with the answer to this one, okay? Uh, guys, can you tell me why it is safe for Notre Dame to play football and not for the Big Ten when they are located in the heart of the Big Ten footprint? Thank you, and I'll hang up and listen. I don't know. So, gentlemen, you're up. Go ahead. I'll wait. <laughs> Todd, you're Catholic. Answer for all Catholics and all of Catholicism. Do you know why Notre Dame can play football in the heart of the Big Ten footprint there? And you guys ever been to South Bend, Indiana, by the way? No. Have you? No. My my wife and my oldest. My wife and my oldest daughter did. First of all, 
well, let me say this. There's two South Bends, <laughs> all right? There's the Notre Dame campus, and then there's Duck, okay? Um, there's two different South Bends. There's one South Bend where you're wearing a mask to prevent the spread of coronavirus, allegedly. And then there's another South Bend where you're wearing a mask because it's 1030 and the convenience store clerk's all alone, if you know what I'm saying, okay? So, <laughs> you're right, Aaron? I about made a Pete Buttigieg joke. Oh. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. That's not a hill I want to die on, so don't. All right? No, South Bend, Indiana is a, is an armpit. It's a mini Cleveland uh, and or mini Detroit. Uh, then there's the campus of Notre Dame, which is, to borrow a phrase, immaculate. The place is incredible. I mean, it, and if you are a college football historian like me, I, I mean, I was there before the 2004 Michigan Notre Dame game and a guy who works at the stadium, a big fan of my local sports show, got tickets in uh, like the reserve section for my father-in-law to go. And we went there early and spent the whole day, touchdown Jesus, first down Moses, the football museum. I mean, it was wow. I mean, the grotto, the place is incredible. Okay, but I'm kind of surprised, frankly, you sent your wife and daughter to South Bend, Indiana by themselves. I ain't sending my wife and daughters to South Bend, Indiana by themselves, brother. Tell you that. Not unless they're packing. They're not going by themselves. Okay, because there's two different South Bends, but it is in the heart of Indiana. It's 30 miles right off the interstate past Gary. And if you don't think about Gary, Indiana, I mean, the kids get Kevlar for, you know, uh, orientation in Gary, Indiana. Okay. So how can they play football at Notre Dame in the heart of big 10 football, uh, big 10 footprint, but the rest of the big 10 can't play Todd go. Well, the whole, uh, there's just too many, I know unknowns that you're getting from, uh, the big 10 is pretty much the equivalent of the philosophical exhaustion that uh, Catholic circles fell into under uh, scholasticism, most famously known as asking the questions of uh, how many angels can dance on the head of a pin. It's just, and that was an example of how, like, it, what are we doing here? This is this is absurd. There's a lot of things we do know and can know about any number of things, and you're turning this thing into being borderline useless. And that's what we've done with science. We have used science just to needlessly scare the crap out of ourselves. So the people at Notre Dame right now are not falling into that fallacy. Apparently, they have learned the lessons of centuries, although they're making other mistakes at Notre Dame. I promise you that. But on this one, no. And if that has to do with football's uh, too big of a shiny idol, it could be perhaps because of that. That's the thing that's distracting them. But it's keeping them from falling for another much, much more stupider, stupid and damaging idol. Honestly, at this point, um, I, I think it all has to do with whether or not these certain schools went out onto the quad, drew a pentagram, and then sacrificed a goat. Uh, if they did not, then the virus will come to those schools. If they did, then the virus will will spare them because that makes about as much sense. And that's uh, about as rational as any of the decision making surrounding the Big Ten's uh, cancellation of college football has been. I mean, there are no answers. 
Again, this goes back to what we talked about. At Aaron, the very- are you as an evangelical Protestant accusing the Romanists in South Bend, Indiana, of engaging in uh, in heretical, mystical, liturgical, uh, uh, religious uh, uh, idolatry? Uh, no. Well, no. I guess I probably should have <laughs> thought that through a little bit better with the Catholic in the room here. No, I, I'm. I'm. It's, it's just hyperbole. There's or this hyperbole, one guy that, as you actually pronounce that, it. that has like all the conservative media people, conservative Christian media people on his list, and and he like. Every time there's a reference to anybody Catholic, that is like the lead-in. The Romanist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. It's, he's from South Carolina. I remember his name. It's like a five, seven-word lead-in. Yeah. All right? It's a, the, the, only, the only thing you need to, to, to recognize about this is, is this is what I brought up the other day. Early, early on, back in March. Okay, you can have only a limit of 200 people in Seattle, only a limit of 250 in Spokane. You can have a limit of 100 people in Des Moines, but a limit of uh, 50 people in Chicago. It's just, there's no, that's how you know it's not guided by I don't want to hear any more complaints about what is boil a young goat in its mother's milk in Leviticus, Maine, ever again. Nope. I don't ever want to hear any more of that. We're living the progressive Are you guys going to ban shellfish? I don't want to ever hear that. Ever, ever again. All right? Um, Tim writes, my understanding of herd immunity is that when the herd reaches immunity, it provides a shield to the most vulnerable population. However, the lockdowns seem to be preventing us from reaching this, which correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't that put the vulnerable population in more danger? In my mind, it's like a warrior being attacked by an enemy and he either needs to parry or block the attack with his shield as quickly as possible. Our strategy seems to be just not to put the shields up altogether, which seems like the public health version of suicide to me. The warrior dies very quickly if he doesn't defend himself. So from this line of reasoning, I have three questions. Number one, why haven't I seen this messaging from the president or Fauci or any other public health expert except for John Ioannidis or Scott Atlas? Number two, why haven't I seen this discussion on social media? I can totally sympathize with conspiracy theories theorists because of this. And number three, do you think there will eventually be found a correlation between more deaths in countries that lock down as a percentage of population versus those that did not lock down and that those who did not lock down will eventually be shown to have both fewer positive cases and fewer deaths? Tim, I hate you. Let's get to the next email. I, I don't know what to say, man. I mean, that's, I've done this for six months, man. Okay. The UK is already admitting two lockdown deaths for every COVID death, for every three COVID deaths, right? Two for every three. And that is with coding deaths with COVID, not from, right? With, right? With. Okay. So if we just got rid of this person came here healthy, tested positive for COVID and then died and then locked it up with the lockdown deaths, would there be more deaths from lockdowns? Yeah, because you're still not on the back end of that epidemiological curve yet. The undetected cancer screenings that didn't come in early enough, the undetected heart disease, hypertension screenings that didn't come in early enough, you haven't, you haven't hit that mother load yet. So yeah, thanks for reminding me, Tim, of the waste of time my last five and a half months have been. Uh, Bruce writes, I recently listened to a very well-known national sports talk show during which a caller started to discuss actual data on COVID to justify continuing to play college football. The host immediately shut him down, stating that college presidents were using different data to make their decisions, yet he failed to provide what any of that data is. 
Why are the majority of sports commentators ruining their chances for long-term employment by supporting and justifying the shutdown of college football when the data doesn't support it? Do they think ESPN and other outlets are going to continue to employ them when there is nothing to speak about and no one is listening? Are they more likely to get fired if they state the facts and data, or does promoting panic porn provide higher ratings? Based on your background, maybe you can provide some insight to this unusually self-destructive behavior. You bet I can, Bruce. But it has nothing to do with my background in sports media. Idolatry. Idolatry. I mean, think about this. The Jews went down to the Valley of Ben-Hinnom, concerned about, concerned about their harvest, their future, right? And then and decided that the way, the way the path forward to ensure those resources that they needed, those precious resources would be there, was to murder the most precious resource they had, their own future, their own children. Idolatry does that. It makes fools and cowards of us all. And this is the premise of the nefarious plot. The people are so far gone that the demon will you tell them. You show them the truth, yes, it, and it, it, they won't believe it. No. Yeah, yeah, that's... And because then what happens is it's that scene in the movie in, in the, I haven't quoted this movie in a while, but it's the great theological exegesis you'll find in Talladega Nights, <laughs> the ballad of Ricky Bobby. You're not, you're not paralyzed. Yes, I am. You're not paralyzed. You're not paralyzed. Get up, Ricky. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Aren't you being a little bit hard on? He's not paralyzed. Okay. Okay. He, they want to be paralyzed. They want it. They can't do anything about that. They, they want to believe they cannot rise and walk. They want to believe it. That, that the idolatry is too strong. They just want it. And that's why when you show them the data that says, Lazarus, come forth. Bleep you, man. Why do you hate old people, man? What do you mean? What are you trying to kill me for? You can't do anything with that. Just kick the dust off the sandals and move on to the next town because that's what you're dealing with. It's, it's, it's beyond political bias, man. It is idolatry. It's idolatry. Along those lines, Kelly says, I fully realize that they are lying to us, but I can't put my finger on why the rest of the world is shut down, though. They don't have an orange man bad election. Well, the rest of the world is not as shut down as we are, but most of the rest of the world did initially shut down. That is true. Um, so if it has everything to do with Trump here, why is the rest of the world going down this road? Why didn't the rest of the world do what Sweden did? Well, the rest of the world realized that the lockdowns didn't work and then started doing more things like what Sweden did and many other places in the world, for example. But Kelly, it's the same thing. They're, the end goal is the same thing. You ask me, what's the end goal? It's not the end goal. It's idolatry. It is the notion that, that we have arrived to a point that I don't have to take any risks, that we can create a riskless society. This is inherent to progressivism. What's ironic is the country that is cited that was that until March 12th of this year was cited by progressives as the shining example in the world of where progressivism most works. Sweden was the one country that said, I think we kind of really need to follow objective truth here and see what the actual data leads rather than, you know, our whims and desires and fears. Who's with me? And then like that scene in Jerry Maguire, dude, Renee Zellweger didn't even get up. Sweden's Jerry Maguire, dude, just walked out on his own. All right. I mean, that was Sweden. Sweden was the place 
that we were lectured to, this is the, this is the progressive Valhalla. This is where it works. Most secular nation in Europe. Sweden was all like, where did Greta Thunberg come from, guys? The bowels of Sweden to lecture you. From the, the, Sweden sent us the children of the corn last year. This year they brought us stone tablets from on high. You're laughing, but it's true. Until March 12th of this year, Sweden is where every Western leftist wanted us to become. Including all of them here in the United States. Now suddenly, Rectum barely knew him. I don't know what a Sweden is. Yeah, where's their Sweet Joan of Arc now? That's where we are. Ironically, the one country they wanted us to be like was the one that stood up at the virus and said, this looks serious. Let's follow the science. The end game is when the prophet Isaiah Kelly says, which side of the idol do you know to burn and to worship and which one to worship? That's the end game. This is what idolatry does to people. Let me say this one more time before we get out of here for the weekend. If you want to see your pet thrive in two weeks or less, try the 14-day Jumpstart bag for just $14.95 from our friends over at Rough Greens Vitasmart. That's R-U-F-F. That's how they spell it. Go to roughgreens.com slash blaze. You can try the 14-day Jumpstart bag for just $14.95. Put all the stuff back in your pet's food that they've taken out, all the antioxidants and the omega oils and the vitamins and the prebiotics and the probiotics. Put it all back in and apparently will make your pet's food taste even better to them at least it does for our pet and and see if you don't see your dog thrive again go to roughgreens.com again that's r-u-f-f.com roughgreens.com they've taken a lot of good stuff out of your dog's food that's why we're taking supplements they did the same thing for the people food too you know so same thing goes with your pet roughgreens.com slash blaze that's r-u-f-f for roughgreens.com slash blaze gentlemen any final thoughts don't end up in a ditch um, as always, the evergreen, the evergreen admonition on the weekends. If you've been watching, listening, consuming our show for the last week, thank you for doing so. Uh, try to get outside, get off of Twitter, get off the internet, get away from, get away from the madness, hug your loved ones, uh, all that good stuff. Just try to try to have a, a miniature Sabbath as much as you possibly can on the weekends. Happy birthday, Tessa. You're 15. I love you very much. Wow, that was really sweet. I don't know what to say now. I don't know how to follow that up. Got to fill 20 seconds here, Steve. I know, I don't know what to say. Yeah. What, what, tell us about Tessa in 10 seconds. Uh, cool chick. Uh, like trying to be like her big sister, soccer uh, running. And uh, we're going to do some of it this weekend. Finally. Yeah? Yeah. I don't know how long it's going to last, but we're starting tomorrow. Are you? Yeah. Padded practices. In the Big 12 Conference, begin tomorrow. Padded practices and NFL began today. Yeah, I know. I know. Getting closer for some of us. Have a great weekend. We're going to stick around and do our best and worst of the week with the overtime. For the rest of you, we'll see you on Monday. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.